0: Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod. terrific show in store for you this week. Milwaukee Bucks general manager, John Horst, the architect of the 2021 Bucks championship team and Maliki Andrews, the host of ESPN's new daily NBA show, NBA Today. Malika and I will talk about the latest with Kyrie Irving in the Nets, Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers. And our new show on ESPN, weekdays at 3 p.m., which will be led by Malika. Let's get to it. Here with Malika Andrews, the host of the NBA Today, ESPN's new weekday studio show. Malika, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, Woj. How are you doing? I'm
0: great. Are you excited for the debut of your show? Monday, 3 o'clock. So let's get this right. Monday is 3 o'clock on ESPN2. This is confusing. Maybe it's not that confusing. <laughs> on Mondays, on ESPN2 during the NFL season.
1: Right, through January.
0: Tuesday through Friday
1: mm-hmm.
0: on ESPN. Yes, sir. And then after NFL's done, it's all ESPN. ESPN.
1: all the way. You'll be there, too. This is going to be fun.
0: It is going to be fun. We, we did a rehearsal. You've been doing rehearsals all week, but I did one with you today. It was fun.
1: We were really glad to have you to join us for one rehearsal.
0: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and we're going to do another, but it looks... Um, we're going to get to it. We're going to talk about the show. I'm excited. I'm as excited about the NBA today and being a part of it as anything I've done in my four years at ESPN. And so we're all excited about it. Mm. But but let's start with a couple things. I know we'll be talking about this on the show next week. We're going to be talking about these two issues, I think, for some time to come. Let's start in the Atlantic Division, obviously, Brooklyn and Philly. Mm-hmm. And Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn, you did something that I did not do the other night, and that was watch that IG live.
1: With a big glass of wine.
0: Kyrie had a lot to say. I'm not sure many of us are, are a lot clearer on his thought process with it. He said a lot of things. He bounced around a bit, but the bottom line is Kyrie Irving is not vaccinated. At this point, he doesn't sound as though he's about to get vaccinated to be able to return and play for this Nets team. And the Nets are preparing for the fact that he's not going to be there. And what is incredible is that I think in most people's minds, I think you and I might agree on this, and plenty of people around the league, without Kyrie Irving, you still look at them and say, that's still the team I picked to win the championship.
1: Absolutely. The discussions, when you look back to when they acquired James Harden in that trade last season, the discussions around that team were, wow, This is a juggernaut. And now they have the luxury of James Harden. That is just incredible. And now that view has shifted a little bit because Kyrie Irving did confirm he chose to be unvaccinated. He says he's not going to retire. He's not going to walk away from basketball that easily. That's what he was saying on IG Live. But for now, he is away from the team. And so now you look at the Nets and they have James Harden driving the ship and they have Kevin Durant. And whenever you have Kevin Durant on your team, you are still the favorite. And now that view of James Harden, I think you might agree with this, he's gone from being seen as this nice luxury, this added all-star, this added max player, to being absolutely essential to this franchise.
0: And the thing is, Malik, I think that is absolutely the view in the public. When the Nets made that trade, they saw James Harden as a necessity mm. because I think they could already see that they may not be able to count on Kyrie Irving. And right. the entire point of this was bringing Kyrie Irving was Kevin Durant came with him and that they had to have James Harden to ensure help ensure Kevin Durant's future. They got Kevin Durant to sign the extension. And I think the day James Harden arrived in Brooklyn – Kyrie Irving was expendable.
1: Well, and if he
0: chose to be expendable, he is choosing to be expendable right now.
1: When you look over the course of the last two seasons that Kyrie has been in Brooklyn, right, you have you can go all the way back to two seasons ago, the kind of mysterious shoulder bursitis injury that kept him out for a good chunk of the season. Last season, he missed a good portion, both for personal reasons and then elected not to play in the bubble. I don't even know what season that was. Everything all blends yeah. together. But over the last two seasons, I believe he played in the regular season in 74 games and missed 70. So even there, before the season even began, you already saw him teetering on that 50-50 in terms of availability. And the best ability can be, at times, availability. And so the thing about James Harden is that up until last year with his hamstring, he was Iron Man. He was out there in the playoffs playing on one leg. And what's interesting is the Nets had said, you know, they had hoped that they would come into the season with all three locked up in contract extensions. They got one. You could argue it's the big one. It's Kevin Durant. And then James Harden told me at media day look I've never tested free agency now that wasn't as far as to say I expect to test free agency but there is a big discrepancy in the money that he could get if he doesn't sign now if he waits for a year to sign
0: yeah I I don't think listen until somebody signs you never know and things can change I don't think there's great alarm in Brooklyn about James Harden holding off to sign it does make sense like you said financially but that he loves what they have there Listen, they've got a chance to win it this year. They've got a chance to win it moving forward. The move that really – the Patty Mills signing this summer uh, in free agency, it, it was a great hedge on Kyrie Irving's future in Brooklyn. Everybody wanted Patty Mills at, at, at a number. All the contenders would have loved to have to get him. And I think he was just uh, just a great hedge on whether Kyrie was going to be a part of this. And so you know, this is a team now who, who just – they start – Proceeding with the idea that he's not going to be there. We'll see if he changes course. Kyrie at some point gets vaccinated and can come back to play. But right now, they're not assuming that he will. And we'll see what that means. I think the trade market for him is going to be very, I think it's dicey. I think it's, you, you just, you don't know what you would be trading for. You don't know whether he wants to play, does he want to play for you does he want to play at all he wanted Brooklyn he wanted Kevin Durant he wanted to play for the Nets his childhood team and there's been a lot of instances where he's just it's fair to question how much he wanted to play
1: but one thing that is clear and that Sean Marks made clear is for right now right they're hoping that if the circumstances change and they're hoping they do change that that door is open but for how long that's sort of the question now
0: yeah, and and Kyrie's still, you know, I was told in training camp he looked great. I mean, he, he looked, says he's
1: still staying in shape. He is an excellent basketball player. All of this stuff, yeah. none of that takes away you know, from him being I'm an excellent at night, basketball and, and, player.
0: In San Diego, when they were out in training camp, he's coming back at night to shoot, put the work in. Like that doesn't change, and that's can be the maddening part of it. That's why you you want to sign him. That's why he's he has. Um, you know, there are very few talents in this era at the point guard position um, like him. But again, James Harden, Kevin Durant, it's still the team right now that most of us, if those two are healthy with Kevin Durant playing out of this world and James Harden on one leg, essentially, they, I mean, they they still almost, they still almost beat, (laughs) almost beat Milwaukee, Uh, Philadelphia. I know everyone sees there's this, uh, easy trade Ben Simmons Kyrie Irving that's this easy trade I know this that phone calls never been made and Pump Philadelphia's <laughs> Philadelphia's talked to everybody you know and Simmons like it's not been from a lack of creativity in terms of trying to identify guys around the league they would do for Simmons they have not made that call to Brooklyn and I don't know that they ever will you never know things can change but if they haven't made it yet I'm not sure they're going to make it but the Ben Simmons situation Malika he's back in Philly showed up the other night, kind of knocked on the door, hey, I'm here, let me take my COVID test. And and so, but we're getting to the end of his isolation from the rest of the team. He's been able to be at the facility, work with coaches, meet with officials, but now he'll be able to be with his teammates. He can go with them to their last preseason game in Detroit. And now, Malika, we're going to get to see, okay, Ben Simmons showed up, Is Ben Simmons going to suit up and play? Is that part of his plan or did he just come to Philly to physically be there and maybe see if there's a way that he cannot get fined every day or lose all of that money, whatever his reason for coming back was? And that's what's going to be interesting here is if does he really start to ramp up to return to the court? Is that his intention? I'm not sure the Sixers are sure about that yet
1: and we're going to see that play out over the course of the next couple of days but you've heard his teammates Seth Curry, Danny Green, you've heard Doc Rivers sort of say they're hoping that this can be water under the bridge. They're hoping that they're going to be able to sort of just move forward if he apologizes great. They're not, you know, Danny Green had the quote we're not asking him to hit jump shots, right? <laughs> they right? They 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 have a good team. This is a good team. And with Ben, with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, this is a team that borders on being a very good team. Now, are they the Milwaukee Bucks, the Brooklyn Nets, that very, very tippy-top upper echelon? No, not quite. But this is a team that wants to be able to flip the switch. They want to be able to move forward because they have a chance to be in that conversation, not at the very top, but at the top. But as you said, I am not so sure what the expectation is within the organization of what they're going to be getting from Ben Simmons.
0: This is a hard trade to make because typically when you're trading a player of Ben Simmons' caliber, you're kind of usually you're headed toward a rebuild. a rebuild. You want young players and picks. And Philly, those deals have been available to them, but that's not where they are. They're in Joel Embiid's window. Right. And the teams who would trade for Ben Simmons, whether it's maybe a team out of the playoffs that sees him as a guy with some young players. Simmons can get him into the postseason, a Minnesota, a Cleveland, a San Antonio. They don't have that one great veteran player or that really, really good young veteran player who's accomplished, who when when the Sixers plug him in with Embiid and Tobias Harris, he helps us be the number one seed in the East again. So you're just, it's such a small group of players they're really pursuing And that's the hard part right now. And Philly, they don't look at C.J. McCollum in Portland. I think maybe they should, but they don't look at him in that if Philly was going to do a deal with Portland, they want Dame Lillard, and Mm -hmm. I don't think that would ever match up for Portland. But for C.J., maybe there's a conversation there, but that's not been anything. That thing has been – that's not gone anywhere. That's not been a serious conversation. And so Philly's going to bide their time here, and you know this is the time of year where – People aren't making trades. Even the teams who aren't going to be very good are thinking, well, let's wait and see. Maybe we're better than we think. But then teams start losing and pressure starts mounting and then they start looking differently at deals. But I don't think there's a quick solution. The kind of deals that are there for Philly right now are the ones that were there two months ago.
1: Right. And so when you look at the fact that Joel Embiid just signed that $196 I think, extension, right, that's what you're looking at. You are not looking at starting over here. And so, like you said, getting that caliber player that Joel Embiid says, oh, yeah, we can keep it running right where we left off with this type of player. That's what's tricky to get all of that to sort of come together to match up. And it doesn't seem to me, Woj, that Philly is in all that much of a rush. They... Ben Simmons played his first hand. They sort of said, okay, well, we're going to continue to find you as this kind of piles up, as this mounts up. And then he ended up coming back. So now they have a new thing to sort of settle here because it doesn't seem like they're like, okay, we need to be rushed into doing this right now because we've been told that this is what you want.
0: You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand slams, web gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call one 800 Directv or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks, sports availability, varies by zip code, and requires choice package. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the views from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats, and the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you one hundred and ten percent of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account. And use code WOJ, W-O-J, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code WOJ, W-O-J, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Malika, how alarming do you sense this is? the Ben Simmons situation is for the league office. A player with four years left on his deal, <laughs> who just signed an extension, not coming to camp initially, then coming in, and then the questions are whether he's really gonna participate. If he participates in plays and goes out, then, you know, it's fine. But if he's there to not necessarily do that, the, right. the level of concern from the, on the league, not league office and the rest of the league of, is this a precedent of anything?
1: Well, I think that everybody's watching, right, to see whether or not it is going to be a precedent. Because while we have had lots of different holdout, let's call it, scenarios over the last couple of years, James Harden, Jimmy Butler, it it was a little bit different, right, in that, one, there wasn't this much time and this much money left on this type of a deal, right? And so I think folks around the league are looking, first they were looking at what has already played out. Is a team actually going to find a player to the degree that they are looking at losing a lot of money and that motivates them to come back? Okay, it did motivate them to come back. Now, our, our friends on the Hoop Collective, Brian Windhorst, they did mention you know, some precedents in terms of a Dwight Howard, a Kobe Bryant, who said that he didn't want to come back and play for the Lakers. They said that we can't find a suitable trade for you right now. He came back and he ended up playing, and obviously we know that Kobe was a Laker for life. I don't know that that's how this is going to play out, right? Dwight, on the other hand, And they did eventually figure out how to move him. I think that the first hurdle of will it work to find a guy to get him to come back has already quelled, has already squashed some of the concern. But there's still a little antenna up. How's the rest of this going to play out? Is he actually going to play? And how's the team going to deal with that? Because that's what's going to affect all these other guys and set a precedent.
0: Malika, we will be talking. We'll be talking a lot about this next week and moving forward. The story's not going away. You are the host of the NBA Today. It's going to be ESPN's new daily NBA show. As we said earlier, debuts Monday, the 18th, on ESPN Two, and then Tuesday through Friday every week on ESPN. What is the NBA Today going to look like? What what is? It's an hour show. You're, you're tipping off with the start of the regular season. What do people get? What do you expect they're going to get day in and day out with the NBA today?
1: I mean, I know people are just looking forward to your face on NBA yeah, today. Well, all, all show long. That's really what we're excited <laughs> besides about. Besides that, of course. Well, what I, I'm most excited about, Woj, is I think this is going to be the best of every show that we as Hoop fans love. So I think it's going to have the breaking news element because I believe that we have the best reporters in the business here that are going to be bringing you new news on this show there's going to be the film breakdown element where we have our analysts, Chinea gumake richard jefferson at the board breaking down plays seeing how things have have played out in the games that have just happened and previewing the games that are to come we're going to have exclusive interviews we have so many exciting guests including commissioner adam silver joining us in week one and a slew of different all-stars that are going to be on the show every day of the first week, and then we're going to continue to have those guests moving forward. So it's going to be fast paced. It's going to be fun. It's going to be informative. And I'm really excited to share this with everybody.
0: Absolutely. And I think that, you know, the one thing would be kind of look at a comp and you and I've talked about this and I know you've talked to Laura Rutledge Absolutely. a lot about this.
1: The great Laura Rutledge. We both
0: love NFL Live. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's at ESPN. It's one of my favorite shows at ESPN. And I think for you and and the producers and the directors and, and everyone who's has a hand in, in the NBA today, that that's a little bit of a blueprint, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The amount of times that we're sitting around, the producers, you, myself... Uh, are sitting around and saying, hey, yeah, we're going to do this kind of like NFL Live. Hey, we're going to do this kind of like SVP. And those are the greats that we're talking about. Those are some of the best shows on ESPN. Pulling little bits of of that, you know, sprinkling a little bit of Scott dust, a little bit of Laura Rutledge dust, but then make it NBA. I think that's absolutely what we're going to be uh, see play out. Yeah. I mean,
0: like Malika, you are a reporter, like you have reporter sensibilities. You came up as a, the editor of the student paper at the University of Portland. you the, went,
1: That story, that, that story that I've been asked so many times about when I, when I was on the, at the University of Portland and you came to visit campus when I was a senior in college and you picked up the school newspaper and my story was on the... That's how I met you, was, was yeah, through that, that story is, at the college newspaper.
0: I, I remember the look on your face when... So <laughs> I don't know that it's, that it's that interesting, but since you started the story... I went to the University of Portland. Uh, I was in Portland for, I think it was the Nike Hoop, Hoop Summit. Summit. yep. And Terry Porter had just been hired as the head coach at the University of Portland, former Blazers, great. And, and, and somebody mentioned to me, asked me if I maybe want to do a podcast with him. I said, it's a good idea. Had a great visit with Terry, did a podcast. It was in your gym, and then you kind of walk through this, you know, you, you see the stack of papers on the red rack or blue rack. And I just grabbed, I just saw the headline, Porter Hired, and I just grabbed a couple copies. I always like grabbing student papers when I'm walking through. And so I just read the lead to the story and like just pretty good stories. Like this is better than what you might always see in a college paper. I'm like, that was a good, really good lead. And that was, and I just remember it. And then, oh, by Malik Andrews, you know, it's, you know, kind of, you know, if you see Adrian Wojnowski, Malika oh, yeah. Andrews, it's not Joe different. Smith. It's yeah. a little different. And so... I put it in my bag and, and probably didn't look at it again necessarily, but it was in my bag. And I I guess I saw you at Summer League maybe a few months later, yeah. right? Yeah. And you came up to me and I think maybe I, we were sitting next to each other in the press yeah, area. Yeah,
1: I think I was with Mark Spears and, and I was like, oh my gosh, is that Woj? Can I go introduce myself to Woj? And I went and introduced myself to you. And then...
0: Well, I remember your face. I said, you said, Mom, Malika Andrews. And I said, oh, you... you <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I said... You wrote that story. Yes, in Terry you Porter, did. Right? You said,
1: and I think my jaw, my eyes bugged, and my jaw <laughs> dropped, and I started drooling a little bit. Well, I, I don't
0: remember that part of it, but, but anyway, but the original point.
1: So bring all that to up. NBA today. Yeah, that, that's
0: how you come up in the business. And you went to, you were an intern in the Bay Area, New York Times. I remember visiting with you outside of Madison Square Garden. You were making a decision, a career decision. That might have been the next time I saw you. Yeah coming By out of a Knicks game later. and we stood on the sidewalk and talked about at the time you ended up, you had another option in the Chicago Tribune. Yep. And I remember we talked about the Tribune and I remember the one advice I said, if you have a chance to work with Casey Johnson yes, of the Sun times and learn to work a beat with him and learn to work a locker room and like, that's what I would choose. And I remember that was, we talked about that and then you were at the, the, the trip for about five minutes covering the uh, Bulls when, Christina Douglas at ESPN, who had had her eye on you for a very long time, had an opening, came in and hired you away. And I am just starting my, I've only been here for four years at ESPN, so I'm starting my fourth season. Yeah, my fourth year. And I feel like you've been here the whole time with me, but (laughs) you, like, you, (laughs) you went from reporter to host of NBA Today in a, this is, you've been here three years, right?
1: Three years, that's right.
0: It's... It's incredible. I, I, I mean, when you came here, Malika, what did what did you imagine? Like, we we knew you were going to be a star. Okay. But this has been <laughs> okay. even even for those of us who bragged we knew you when. This has been a um, meteoric rise, as they say.
1: Well, we should, Christina. We we're, we're taking over your office. We know you're listening right now. Yeah, we
0: are in her office in um, LA Live. It's yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, it's been. Incredible. I mean, the the opportunities that Christina gave me in order to work my way up to try to be here, I mean, that's that's that made the difference. But I I think that it's been fun like we've had a little bit of fun i know that this is it's a lot of work it takes a little bit of luck it takes a lot of working sources and deadline writing and too much coffee and all that stuff but why i'm excited about doing this show is it feels like i just get to talk about basketball and break news with my friends like that that's what this is and so that's what i think is going that flavor that's that's what's going to be jumping off the screen i hope
0: yeah and i think you you can already see it like the chemistry you have with Richard Jefferson and Perk and Cheney, it was one thing to have Perk ganging up on <laughs> Richard Jefferson, but I can see that Chine is already
1: Oh Chine already feels entirely comfortable. Gaining up on 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 Perk, but then I don't know if if folks know here, but Woach has form. We have a hoop in in the we have a hoop in our studio and we stayed late after our rehearsals and Woach is just hitting shot after shot and Chine's his hype woman and like that's <laughs> that's that's what you're gonna see in the outtakes. <laughs> that's the outtakes of the show.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. That I I don't. He made think them
1: that, though. He made them.
0: Yeah, I do. It is fun to shoot in there though. It is a nice. Sinead yeah, was enjoying yeah, the rebounding. Yeah, it, yeah, was, get, it was.
1: They weren't long rebounds. I'm here either all because week, they, <laughs> so we'll do some shooting.
0: Actually, I'm kind of excited about. That. I'm looking. I'm more looking forward to the week now that somebody you know brought a ball out into the see there you uh, go court there. But it's um yeah, and I think listen, this is a show that you know we're gonna hit the big parts of the season. Obviously, opening week. And you know, at Staples across the street, there's going to be a lot of action. But you know, we're going to be here for trade deadline. We're going to be here for free agency. We're going to be here for you know around the draft and like all the big tent poles in the season. NBA Today will be around it. You'll travel. We'll yep, travel with absolutely. the show right in the playoffs and yep, finals. Yep, and the
1: conference finals and finals will be traveling. I'm really excited to still be a part of the game broadcast because I think that's important in this league to be around and. Yeah, the news is going to break throughout the year on NBA Today. And looking to Monday, there is a Monday is a big deadline for a lot of players. So Monday, it's, you know, rookie contract extensions, rookie contract
0: 6 p.m. Eastern.
1: Exactly. So shows at three the, you don't have to. We're not waiting for the news. The news is coming fast.
0: Do we know who we have lined up for guests in your opening week? Can you say yet or no?
1: I can say a couple. We have Damian Lillard from oh, Portland, oh. who really excited to to have him be joining us. We have some special Special, special guests is what I'll say for some NBA 75. Some of the all-time greats are going to be joining our show, all-time great players. Uh, Zach Levine from the Chicago Bulls, the new look Chicago Bulls, is going to be joining us. Uh, we have some Golden State flavor coming in that we're really excited about, some players from up there. So so this is, it's going to be a yeah, big you're week. You're
0: going back to some of your roots, right? You're, yeah, you're, an, Portland, Oakland, you're an Oakland girl, Oakland Golden, woman, yes. no, excuse me. I'm an and, open gal. <laughs> yeah, And and Portland, you knew Dame Lillard when you were going to Portland. Like you 19. were in that press room yep. when he was, you know. When he was it, a
1: second year player. Yeah. So we're, we're bringing some of the Oakland roots back, the Portland roots back. We're going to be bringing some Milwaukee stardom mm-hmm. roots back pretty soon. Um, and Brooklyn as well. So this is, it's going to be exciting.
0: So the NBA today with our host Malika Andrews debuts on Monday. On ESPN2, and then you'll watch it the rest of the week, Tuesday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. And it'll be on ESPN2 all through the NFL regular season and, of course, on Mondays. And, of course, you can find it on the ESPN app, One App, One Tap. They've always put that in the ad.
1: One App, One Tap.
0: One App, One Tap. Malika, I can't wait. we we got another day of rehearsals here, and Monday we, we get at it. We're all... We're proud to be on the show. We're proud of you. Uh, we're excited for how, how much fun this show's gonna be. We can't wait for viewers to watch it. I think if you love basketball and you want to you be informed, you want to be entertained, this is, the NBA today will be the place. You're gonna lead us there, and so I can't wait.
1: Come for the news, stay for the woge buckets. This is gonna <laughs> be fun. <laughs> I appreciate you, my friend.
0: All right, see you, Malika. Getting
1: engaged is a moment worth cherishing.
0: Here with John Horst, general manager of the Milwaukee Bucks. We are in Salt Lake City, and there's an interesting story about why John and I are in Salt Lake City recording our podcast today. Because we were in Manhattan the other day, John. The Bucks were in New York, and I came in. We spent a lovely evening together in the hotel ballroom where the Bucks were staying, and we taped a podcast. And then I texted you around oh later in the evening and said... Um, I lost the pod, John. It's gone. I didn't save it. Didn't hit the right button. It is preseason for everybody. And of course, you are kind enough to run it back with me here. And so I, I appreciate that very much. This is more time than I know you expected and certainly wanted to spend with me this week. But but here we are
2: in Utah. Woj, thanks for having me. This is exciting uh, maybe the first ever dress rehearsal on a Pod. So it promises to be the worst ever, I'm guessing, but let's go.
0: Yeah, no, I listen, I think I got all the bad questions out of the way the other night, the non answers. And so we'll try to, you know, we'll try to keep it on the good stuff. But the, the one thing, John, and we talk about how quick of a turnaround this is, but for your organization and you're starting up again, having won a title, what happens to an organization? when you win a championship and it's been a chase and a chase and you do it, just the feeling, the confidence, the belief as you start to run it out again, that is there just among your players, your coaches, your management, everybody, that we figured it out? And and just maybe more confidence in how you go about what it was you already believed in and, 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 and kind of moving forward now.
2: Yeah, I think to respond to that, the, the first part of your question, absolutely true. There's a, a level of confidence, um, belief, understanding, um, experience that goes along with what we just went through, the adversity um, that we rose above, the uh, collective efforts that we had, the collective success that we had, the failures that we had. Um, but I would stop short where you said that you feel like you figured it out. And, and I think that's important. The reason I bring it up is um, I don't think we feel like we figured anything out. Um, I, I think you can't let that fall into complacency or into overconfidence. Um, at the end of the day, it's the world of sport. And uh, there's always an element of luck. There's always an element of talent. And there's always an element of, of health that exists in every championship run. Um, I think we understand that we had good fortune in those areas this time around. But the goal in the mindset is to get better, get better every single day, try to build something where you can sustain success and be in a position year in and year out. And that hasn't changed. And so there is a confidence, there is a belief that I think has always existed. Is it probably strengthened now? Yes. Um, But I think you have to be really careful and protect yourself from not having overconfidence or um, complacency. John, you think back to game six in Milwaukee and that night.
0: As you get further away from it, the clinching victory, the game itself, 50,000 people outside your arena in the Deer District, you know, inside the arena, and then the celebration, when you think back to that night, is there a moment or two that just stay with you, that really kind of emblazed in your mind when, when you think back to to the moment where you cross that threshold, you're on the podium, you, you have a trophy?
2: Yeah, I think there are moments that kind of define that night for me, and I think as time goes, you rewatch the games, you share stories, um, I think more moments um, become clear frankly of a day and a night that was mostly a fog i think um, my normal tradition and routine to go for my run on lake michigan uh before the game that's i'll always remember that run Um, the music the the feeling i'll remember when the buzzer went off i'll remember spending time with my staff in the uh, back hallway prior to that and then i'll never forget kind of running across the floor um, coaches teammates owners family both basketball family and actual family seeing Mia and Sophie and Zeke and my mom and dad and the rest of my family out on the court. Um, our our group did a great job of having the um, staff's family, players' family, everyone kind of down there and available. So, And then I'll, I have to throw this one in there. I remember shortly after the game was over, finally realizing what a performance Giannis had. I, I think in the moment, not really feeling it, realizing, understanding, knowing he's playing well, we're playing well, but not understanding what he was doing and how historic it was and will be forever. Um, to go for 50, 14, 5, and 17 for 19 from the line. I remember realizing that for the first time as well.
0: And I think as Giannis was having that series, John, and each game it felt like more dominant than the past, and then a game six where he shoots 17 of 19 from the free throw line, which is remarkable for anybody. But for him it was it was just – to think back to game four against Atlanta, when he goes down – going up to contest a shot at the rim, and it looks like he has suffered a serious knee injury. You know, he was putting up 40 and 15 and 10, 10 days after that, eight days after that in the finals. Go back to that, John, and that night, you see the play happen, and I imagine you, you immediately go back into the locker room. What do you remember about the moment and, and the sense of what it might mean for him, for the Bucks, and because there was a real sense this – may likely be a real serious knee injury.
2: Yeah, I remember that feeling uh, that you just described, the sense of how serious it could be, um, what it would mean to our playoff run, what it would mean to his career, his health, you know, rehab. I think all those things, when any player goes down um, in such a tragic kind of traumatic way in which he did, um, you start fearing for those things and you quickly get into um, uh, kind of processing it and trying to come up with solutions and figure out what your role is and what to do next. And so, My role is to get there, to get to him as soon as I can, to, to see what the doctors are doing, to understand what's going on, to start communicating with the agent, with our owners. And so I start doing that. Um, and then to be down there with him and and to, um, share in that moment of kind of fear and confusion and understanding, um, was crazy. I mean, he had, he did suffer an injury. He suffered a real knee injury. Um, he had a traumatic accident in, in the way that it happened. It was, it was horrific to watch and he's uh superhuman. He's, he's out otherworldly. He came back and he performed on it. He wasn't a hundred percent. He was obviously healthy enough, um, where there was no risk of any short-term or long-term damage, but he wasn't full, um, health, full strength. No one could be coming back in that short period of time. Um, but then to watch him perform in the way he did following up to that and do the things, it just speaks to all the work he's put in on his body, all the work he puts in, um, on his game and that he found a way to, to focus in and and perform at a super high level. But that moment was scary for everyone involved, including himself. And, uh, um, what an amazing outcome.
0: Have you ever been around a more determined person in, in, in any walk of your life than Giannis?
2: You know, uh, I mean, the, the, the fun answer would be like, no, and it's not true. Um, In the world of sport, yes. Like he's the most motivated, um, focused, dedicated to his craft I've ever seen, um, second to none. You know, and there's people in my life, like all of us, whether it's your parents or your siblings or grandparents, that you've seen go through things that define who you are and your understanding of work and effort and commitment and and dedication. Um, I think we all have that, and and I have that, and we could go on for hours about that. But in the world of sport, in my experiences in 17-plus years in the NBA – Um, It's unmatched and that's why I always say like he is growing greatness, you know I don't think he wants to be defined as greatness right now, um, although I think a lot of people would He's improving. He's growing. He's getting better every day. I always tell people like what's his limits like there isn't a limit Um, With his physical stature his mental makeup his his emotional makeup his care factor the human that he is his dedication There's literally sky is the limit for Giannis Adetokounmpo and I mean wow how cool for us in Milwaukee to have him be part of our franchise.
0: When you took over as general manager, you're starting your fifth season with the Bucks now as the GM. When you took over, you had been in Milwaukee. You had a relationship with Giannis. You had seen him grow from this skinny teenager who showed up, who at the time was on a really – it was a bad team. It was a team that lost a lot. And the growth, and you saw the team's growth with his growth and, and as you added to the roster. Do you remember having a conversation with him early – once you took over about, here's what I'm going to try to do, Giannis. Here's what I, here's what we're going to try to do together. Here's what I need from you. Here's what I – what do I need to give you? Was there a sort of initial conversation of you knew what your responsibility was. It was to find a way to build a championship team around them and keep them, make them want to stay in Milwaukee. Was there a moment like that for you too?
2: Yeah, I think from the moment that I realized that I was going to have an opportunity to be the general manager of the team – there's no more feeling that was more prominent than being um, responsible for uh, for the city of Milwaukee, the franchise of uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, um, to keep Giannis and to and for Giannis, this this growing great player that he is and will continue to be, um, for him to, to to really respect his career and to give him the best opportunities to be successful in his career in Milwaukee. And so absolutely, initial conversations, what's really cool about um, him and I and our relationship, and it's not just unique to me. He, he has it with other people in our, in our franchise, his teammates, coaches, other front office folks, ownership. Um, those are ongoing conversations. And I think that's healthy. I think it's, what do you need today? What do you need this year? Um, how do you see this team? What can I do for you? What can you do for me? And he is so approachable. He's so present. Um, I think that's what separates him and makes him really unique and special. When you would talk to Giannis through the years
0: about you know potential trades you might make or players you pursue, sometimes it's helpful. I think people don't realize you know there's times like you might have a healthy conversation. You might disagree and say, "Hey, I think this guy makes sense for these reasons." He might say, "I don't for these reasons," and you go through it. But you know, ultimately, you want some buy-in from him when you go out and how he sees the game and who he'd like to play with when you guys would get together and talk about players my sense has been he'll say no to people like if people knew some of the guys he said no to it might surprise them because they might be people that others say no-brainers but that Giannis has a very distinct view of what he wants in teammates and the kind of people he wants and that's sort of been part of your compass right in putting the team together and ultimately I think the big one is obviously when you went out and got Drew, you're able to get do the Drew Holiday trade last year.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and I think that's why the relationship works so well. Um, I think he views it very similarly to the way that Bud does, the way that I do. Um, the way that Peter Fagan um, runs the business side of the organization and the way that Mark and Wes and Jamie have had success in building their companies, that Giannis is focused on people first and foremost. And he cares about uh, people that will fight for the collective mission, have common goals, that will be as dedicated to the craft as he is, that will work as hard as he does. Um, And he has a healthy understanding that not everyone has the capacity to do that. He just wants to know that they're trying to do that. Um, And absolutely does he care about skill sets and on court. Uh, Fit and things like that. Yeah, we all do. And I think whether it's he and I individually, or he and I with Coach Bud, or he and I with another teammate, um, or Milton Newton, our assistant GM, we have a lot of conversation um, at different times about what it looks like to add to this team, to grow this team, to evolve this team. Um, And he has strong opinions. And what's really special about him is beyond those strong opinions, he also understands what his role is in the organization. He loves his role in the organization and he wants to play. First and foremost, he wants to play. He wants me to do a great job of building a team. I think he uh, appreciates and respects that, that I care about his opinion, just like Chris does, or Drew does, or Brooke, or anyone else that we, we talk to about these things. Um, and he wants Bud to coach the team at the, the best of his ability. He trusts him, Bud, as a coach. And so when you have that dynamic um, where you can uh, respect each other's opinions and, and have a shared kind of um, philosophy on how to build, I think it's Brett's success here in Milwaukee.
0: You mentioned Bud, John, and Mike Budenholzer was one of the first, you know, significant moves you made as a GM was hiring him as head coach. Listen, there were times where Bud took a lot of criticism. He took it probably in your marketplace, nationally, maybe your own locker room. Like it's when your goal is championship or bust, like it's been for you, you're judged harshly. My sense has always been he's had no greater booster believer in him than you that when others weren't so sure about Bud at times, if he was the coach that could get you to where he got you, you never wavered on that. What was it about Bud and your belief in him that just kind of kept
2: you on board, maybe when others others weren't? Yeah, I can't speak to others' belief or lack of belief in, in Bud, but there's a reason that um, I trumpeted him in the process that we went through, a real process to hire a coach um, to replace Jason. And um, we knew where we were going as a franchise and where we wanted to go, and that was a big decision. And um, it started with me, you know, Bud's, Bud's experiences, Bud's uh, foundation of where he grew up, obviously, in the Spurs organization, and that's a big part of who he is, but also how he um, grew outside of that organization and the things that he um, created for himself and established in his time in Atlanta and the successes they had and the style of play that they had. Um, the relationships that he'd built in those organizations and the people that believed in him. Um, that was a foundation for kind of my belief and understanding of what I thought we could get. And then you get there and you start living with him, working with him every day. And I can tell you, I've been around a lot of head coaches um, in my career so far in the NBA. And a lot I've learned a lot from all of them, but none more than Bud. I, I've learned a ton in my role from Bud, um, how you build a culture, how you build a team. He has a great eye for talent. Uh, he has a great eye for talent in his coaching staff. His coaching staff is is the best in the NBA, in my opinion, and he would tell you that. That's a big part of his success is who they are. And just the genuine, I think, partnership and relationship and friendship that we've uh, grown over this time, and I think that leads to belief. He's really, really good. I think he's one of the best, if not the best coach in the NBA. He's clearly the best coach for the Milwaukee Bucks, and I'm glad that we were able to hire him and, and even more happy that we we're able to extend our relationship with him for, for years to come.
0: When you mentioned culture, John, and we've talked about this, like, listen, every organization talks about it and is just this sort of nebulous thing you're always trying to pursue. To me, like, it's something, my sense in whatever you do, you fight for it every day. You don't just say, hey, we have great culture, and you put it in a bottle on your shelf, and it's just there in your office when you want. Like, you just kind of have to fight to keep it all the time because there's always things pulling at it. In your experience, and you were in Detroit. Uh, is a young executive, and you saw it with uh, high-level Piston teams that were advancing deep into, won a championship, advancing deep into uh, the postseason every year. And then here, and Bud comes from San Antonio, and Tim Duncan, how much of it to you is it ultimately really just about who your best player is or your best couple players that they ultimately dictate what the culture of the franchise is more than anything else no matter like what retreats you do or speakers you bring in or whatever it is as an organization you try to supplement that it is your great player who dictates that ultimately around your building
2: yeah um well it's a big question i, I don't know if i figure anything out or not i just know my experiences in detroit which you mentioned as a as a young person in this business and now in milwaukee And unquestionably, in my opinion, from what I've experienced is people set the culture. And um, the people who have the most uh, influence and impact in a professional sports organization are typically the players. And so I think everyone else has a responsibility around those players, first to put the right people and the right players and the right staff in place. Um, That's one of the responsibilities to support that but also to come up with ways to grow it and to um, respect it and to enhance it and protect it, as you said. I do think it's a, it's a very uh, vulnerable, fragile thing, um, and you can lose it quickly. And so I think um, it's everyone's job around it to protect it, but undoubtedly, um, in using Giannis as the greatest example, and Chris and Brooke, the core of our team, Drew, players set that culture. They establish that culture, and then you have a responsibility to continue to foster it and grow it and develop and I think we've done that, and I think we we're going to continue to do that. But we also can't be naive and think that it's unbreakable. It's it's a very fragile, vulnerable thing that you have to protect every day. I agree with that.
0: Is that an edge? Do you think for the Bucks? And not passing judgment on what's going on anywhere else, but you have a group that like you just know every day they're going to come to work, they're going to be there, they're going to be available. If they're hurt, they're hurt. But like. You just kind of know with your group, I mean, you start with Giannis and Chris and Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez, and you go down the list, that you're probably not going to beat yourself. And that in this day and age in the league or probably anywhere in pro sports, as an executive, I would think it's about as well as you can sleep, right?
2: Yeah, well, like one of the things I'm really proud of, actually, of our group that we've established um, from day one – go back to any early conversations we've had publicly or internally we talked about bucks dna and again fun thing to say fun thing to try to live what we've tried to do is we've we've used that as a filter in every decision we've made whether it's an intern that we're hiring in the front office a coach that we're bringing into bud staff a player that we're acquiring via trade or free agency or draft um, peter on the business side and it's simply put it's are you competitive in in what your your field is do you have high iq do you have high character um and are you smart and and when you kind of use that filter i think you end up um, accumulating people in your organization that are accountable and that are reliable and um in professional sports you have minutes and you have money and you want reliability for your minutes and your money and it's a hard thing to do a lot of it's outside of our control to the best of our ability we've gathered information we've went through the processes we've been rigorous in how we've approached it to try to make sure we have some reliability with our minutes and our money.
0: John when you became GM of the Bucks not a household name in the league people hadn't seen your name out there interviewing for other GM jobs sometimes you'll see names you know the fan might see names of certain candidates who've interviewed and sort of event then eventually break through and get a job or it might be a big name in a market an ex-player or somebody who's you were not that and there are other gms who fit your pedigree you're not the first of a kind but there's only 30 of these jobs and when you get that job and you had prepared for it and you had earned it and you had the belief of an organization to promote you in it what is it still like i think you were the youngest gm in the league when you took over is there one younger than you even now
2: I bet there are one or two that are younger Maybe. than me now. Yeah. Does that Maybe make me Maybe Zach Kleiman could yeah. be. I don't
0: know. <laughs> like, but what was that like initially? You said you've got this huge responsibility of Giannis, and listen, you don't want it on your watch. Oh, yeah, Giannis left in free agency when Horst was the GM. That didn't go great, right? Like you don't want that. And, you, and so initially to convince yourself I can do this and to have the confidence in your decisions and – the conviction, because you hadn't been in the seat yet, and like you may not have expected that to come soon in your career. What was that like early on for you to say in your head? I got to get past all that and and dig into this thing because the train's moving on this thing, and I've got to be there with it.
2: Yeah, I mean, still like looking back on it now, it's it's amazing that um, we found a way to f- figure it out. And there's definitely a drinking from the fire hose uh, part of it. Um, But there's also a part of it of, you know, at that time, I guess it would have been 13 years or whatever, 12 or 13 years of working in a business and um, working for great people and John Hammond and Joe Dumars um, that gave me a ton of responsibility uh, in those 13 years where I was able to be exposed to a lot of things, learned a lot of things, um, were put in situations, pressure situations prior to that experience. And so the job, you know, the transaction piece of it, the cap piece of it, the scouting piece of it, the organizational structure and management, the budgeting, um, I felt really prepared for that. It's the things that you don't know until you take that role, um, the managing of people, uh, the day-to-day relationships, the day-to-day grind, the media. Um, it's all those things that eat at your time that you're not really aware of until you do it. Um, that really challenge you and and then it's the pressures of the responsibilities that you have to a franchise an organization to a superstar a budding superstar at that time and Giannis um, That weigh on you, and I can't tell you why I, I just I do believe in some ways. I've been built for um, These opportunities through my experiences and the things that people allowed me to do um, and you know grace of God I've had good success and good fortune so far and um I'm really thankful for that, but I'm also not naive to think that it's really about anything I've done. Um, I got to work with Giannis. Like, a lot of GMs are maybe thrown into these positions. Not a lot of them get to have Giannis as their superstar in the foundation. It really clears up the picture of how you should build a team when he's on your roster. And so uh, forever grateful for that and thankful for that, and that's really what it's about. What do you remember about the day Giannis told you,
0: hey, John, I'm signing this extension. I'm doing it.
2: I remember that he and I had a private conversation, which was really cool, um, and it'll remain private. Uh, so I'll always remember that, that. That was one of the most uh, impactful moments for me in my life. And and then to go back to your last question, uh, to have not only have Giannis on your roster, but someone that genuinely trusts you and believes in you um, in that position. And so uh, now fast-forwarding to him to re-signing with us, I'll always remember him saying that, Um, I'll always remember our little, I don't know what you want to call it, kind of board meeting or press conference or whatever we had because it's during COVID um, and the way that we had to do it and the way that we had to celebrate, but it was classic, typical Giannis fashion. It was very family-oriented, very informal, very private, um, but really fun and really memorable and um, just just the joy that he had and that his mom um, had and his family and all of us just sharing that moment together.
0: We talked about... Bud's under contract, John. He signs an extension this offseason. You got the Drew Holiday extension done. Obviously, Giannis, uh, Bobby Portis comes back when he probably had some other options out there that might have been more lucrative. And that's what you try to do when you have a team like this. Chris Middleton signed an extension during your time, and you were able to keep it together and continue to add to it. There was one extension left out there, one deal. I know you've been talking with the Bucks. Uh, on a new deal for you I think you've got a year or so left on yours have you guys made any progress John on that and do you imagine that's something that you can get done here in the near future
2: yeah um we've made great progress and I I think you know the next day or so um I actually think that we'll be in a position where you know something will be signed and executed I think we're on the finish line and and to the point where I guess you know publicly to say just with Mark uh, Lazary and Wes Edens and Jamie Dinan and Mike Fasatelli, like what those guys have done for me and my family and my career giving me this opportunity and trusting in me you know I'll forever be grateful to them and loyal to them and so I likely will extend here with the Bucs uh, shortly and I'm thankful for them for that opportunity and more than anything, just excited to continue to work for them with Bud, with Giannis, with Peter Feig, and the greatest partners in this business, and all of our players. And so, yeah, I think there'll be some uh, some news here shortly. Hopefully,
0: so so we're breaking news. We're, uh, we're breaking feels like some we're news breaking here,
2: news. Yeah, it does feel that
0: yeah. way, John. That's great. That's great. And listen, it's uh, it's it's well deserved. And this is a tough. I mean, you know this. This is a tough. This is a tough business. You know, to, to get another deal done and to be able to kind of continue with this group is is pretty neat. Um, Bucks open up uh, defense of their title next week. You guys will leave Salt Lake tonight. I saw your owner Mark Lazzari, uh, your co-owner, the other night, and we were talking about the the rings that you, you'll you'll get your rings. He said, you know, I wanted to I think he was talking about maybe like when you're picking the design, like do we get the biggest one, do we get the gaudiest one? What do we? Did did you have any input? Like, do they bring it to you and say what would you like in it? Do you look at? Did you look at like other rings and say? Hey, that's something that's interesting to me. Like, did you spend part of your offseason, like, designing the championship ring?
2: Yeah, there was uh, early in the stages, and then, and then at the end, um, I had some involvement. A couple of things that I cared strongly about um, that I kind of got on the table. But really what was pretty neat about this, you know, Peter Fein did an amazing job running the whole process. Pretty complicated process. You could do a whole podcast with Peter on designing a ring. Um, but what was really cool is that uh, Mark and Wes and Jamie and Mike, they really cared. They cared at a high level. They spent a ton of their own personal time, which is obviously very valuable, um, designing the ring and diving into it and diving into the process. And, and I would say really the credit really goes to them. Of course, they consulted our players as well, but they really drove the process, and it was pretty cool. They cared, cared at a high level about it. Do you think you wear the ring or you just put it away? you mean ever? or Not ever. I, I will like, wear it at some point. Like, we, but. Will you, like
0: will you wear it to the grocery store? <laughs> will you wear yeah. it to – your kids summer league you know
2: so i'm way so, more likely to wear it to like a grocery store or the kids summer league than to right. like an event like that's yeah. that's what would be kind of fun right, right. like they go to the right. grocery store someday with a ring on like that's that's i'll do that right, right. i'll send you a picture
0: very good yeah. well good stuff john thank you for taking time congrats on the extension and uh um i know i'll see you soon
2: thanks Will. this was fun
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Woj Pod. A big thank you to my guest today, Milwaukee Bucks general manager, John Horst, and the host of the NBA Today on ESPN, Malika Andrews. Be sure to catch new and archived episodes of the Woj Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to also listen to The Low Post with Zach Lowe, The Hoop Collective, with Brian Windhorst, and of course, the Adam Schefter podcast with my good friend, Adam Schefter. And make sure... You get in the habit of watching the NBA today, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, five days a week, Mondays on ESPN2, Tuesday through Friday on ESPN. We'll see you there all next week with Malika Andrews. Talk to you soon. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the views from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last minute seats. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code WOJ, W-O-J for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, and redeem code WOJ, W-O-J, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.